Today on Unpacked. She basically explained that it's not much of a big surgery, but she did say the, the recovery would take long. So you did the procedure, and how was that first recovery? I was in excruciating pain. So in total, you had about seven procedures, yes. and this was over the period of how long? For five months. And did now the problems eventually resolve themselves? A fibroid removal that led to multiple surgeries and health complications. Today's guest is here to share her story. Let's unpack. Rishongile Ngobeni is a 26-year-old interior design business owner based in Johannesburg. After suffering with painful periods throughout her life, a visit to the gynae revealed that she had fibroids that would need to be surgically removed. Little did she know what the operation would lead to. This is her story. Let's unpack. Rishongile, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So take us back to, um, you know, the time where you were experiencing your menstruation, but it wasn't quite normal. Um, so this happened when I was still young. I think everyone has it where they're like, when you're in pain, it's not that bad. You're supposed mm. to have pain because you're a girl. So I've had pain since I since I probably started my period. Yes. So, but the intensity started when I was in varsity where I would skip classes because it was just too much. So when I was on my period, on my first day of the period and the day before, I wouldn't go to class mm. or I wouldn't do anything. So I continued like that because everyone was like, it's normal for you to be like that. Mm. So um, I did go to a few um, GPs, got some pills. I even knew the names of the pills, you know, that I needed to take and that would help me for that particular time. So, but um, it just got to a point where it was just too much to bear. Mm. But I didn't know at that day that it was quite bad. Yes, yes. Yeah. So when I, I um, went to my first GP. That was in 2020, mm. in Jan, mm. when I was like, okay, New Year's resolutions, let me just sort this thing out because it was complicating my life a lot. I went to the GP. And just to be clear, it was only a challenge of excruciating pain when you were on your cycle. And a heavy cycle. And a heavy cycle. Very heavy cycle. But when you weren't on your cycle, there weren't any other complications. Nothing at all. Yes. I was perfect, yes. yes. So um, on this particular day, I decided to go to the doctor, uh, my GP, and just so he could check me. Yeah. But this was a very routine check because I used to do it every time. I didn't think anything would come out of it. So this particular day, he says, um, I think you're probably in a lot of pain and I would probably recommend that you go to a gynae mm. instead. I was thinking about it, but I never did it because I was like, Gynae is expensive. It's, it's mm. you know, it's a specialist. Let me rather not because I don't think it's anything that's bad. So that's when I was referred to a gynae. Yeah. Okay. So you go to the gynae, and what uh, does the gynae find and say to you? I book my appointment. It was unfortunately I couldn't get a very, a very a near date. Yeah. It was I had to wait for I think a week or two because uh, it was Jan and places were closed and even with the pain I still had to wait. Mm. So when I waited and I went to the gynae on that day, 
I consulted and she was like, okay, so she started asking me about my symptoms um, and I explained it's excruciating pain and it's also a heavy flow. Nothing else was a problem. Apart from um, when I was having those heavy flows Mm. and things like that, I'd feel dizzy. But I didn't really think it was anything that had a had an effect from the period. Yeah. So I told her that as well, and she decided, okay, let's check your iron, and let's just check you to see what's inside. Like, let's just do a mm. scan. So I went to the room, and she did the scan, and she, like, her face just lit up. Mm. She's like, okay, how old are you? And I was like, I'm, I was 25 at that time. Mm. And she was like, I didn't expect you to be having this, but you have a huge fibroid in your in your abdomen. Mm. So the only, the option that could happen would be for you to remove it because if you don't, you'll continue to have all these, exp- mm. all, the, all the pain basically. And when she says huge, did she, I mean, usually doctors will measure the diameter and I'm sure you don't remember the measurements, but did she yeah. explain how big it is? She did explain how big it is, but I, I honestly don't, don't re- I honestly don't remember yes. the diameter, but she did explain how big it is. It was also because I, I understood it could be true, even if I'm not a doctor, because my stomach also started growing. That's yeah. another thing I forgot to mention. My stomach started growing and it looked like I was pregnant. Yes. And I'm in general, I've been a petite person. Yes. I've had a flat stomach. Yes. And so now when it started growing initially because we're on lockdown, I thought, okay, it's because I've been eating a lot during yes. lockdown. I'm not being mobile, you know, I'm just gaining a, a bit of weight. But it just continued. And uh, um, that's when I was like, oh, okay, maybe she could be right when she says that. Yeah. Did she say it's the size of uh, something? Yes, she did say it's the size. It's almost bigger than the size of a grapefruit. Wow, that's yeah. huge. Yeah. Especially because your uterus is probably around that size. And yes, now, yes. Yeah, and yeah. she did say it wasn't just one, but the others were not really visible. She didn't measure those. Um, But she did mention she was going to take a picture of them after the the operation had been done. So she had said to you, our best course of action is to operate. Yes. Was this something that you agreed to go ahead and do immediately? At that time, I was frustrated. Mm. I was very frustrated because it was a consistent thing. It kept on happening. Mm. So when she said operation, it wasn't something I expected, but to me it was, let's get it over and done with. Yes, yeah. yes. So when she did say that, I remember she actually said, um, I think I went there on a Monday. And she has um, surgeries on Tuesdays mm. and I think Thursdays. So she was like, if you would like to do it very quickly, like we could just, you could just sign something and we'll do it tomorrow. Mm. And I'm like, oh my God, no. Like, you can't say it tomorrow because, yeah. you know, I need to go home, talk to my family and hear what they say, you know. Mm. So um, she was like, okay, it's fine. But I, I'd rather just have to maybe talk to them as quickly as possible mm. because based on my iron levels, it doesn't look good. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So that's what I did. Okay, and then at that time, I mean, it makes sense that your iron levels were probably low during your cycle because yes. you were bleeding, so, having such a heavy flow. Yes. So when then did you decide to go under the knife? I then, I decided there, then, then, I decided to take the next week. Yes. So, so because it was on a Monday, I think, the next week, Tuesday, yes. was the day I would do it. So I'd have ample amounts of time to do my research, to... Mm 
to ask, to tell my father, you know, and, mm. and to just make him understand this is what's happening and I'm doing it anyway. Mm. Um, so that's what I did, basically. And with, with, with telling him, he was just like, oh, fibroids. And I think it's a very common thing. Mm. He was like, oh, okay, how long is it? So I was like, no, they're saying I can recover in a day. It's not that deep. That's mm. what I said. Yes. And he was like, oh, okay, no, it's fine. It's okay. You can do that. I also have um, a number of doctors in my family. Mm. So I did speak to them and they're like, oh, okay, it's fine. It's yeah. not much of a problem. Yeah. Okay. So you then book, get booked into hospital for your procedure. Mm -hmm. um, what did the doctor say you needed to expect from this procedure? Because in essence, they are cutting you open to remove something from your body. Before that, can I can I go back? Yes. When I was um, meant to go the next week, yes. before you 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 go like before you do the surgery, you have to take a COVID test, and that was because yeah, because COVID was very rife at that time. So I signed the forms to do the COVID test mm -hmm. and I had to do the COVID test on a Friday so the results would come out. At that time, it took a bit of time. I think they'd come out on a Sunday and mm -hmm. then on a Monday, at least they'd know like the itinerary of the Tuesday, whether who's coming, who's not and things like that. So I did it on the Friday um, and on the Sunday when I was sleeping, I get a message in the morning and it's like COVID positive. Yes. And I'm like, I don't understand. I don't understand. I didn't understand how it was COVID positive because mm. I didn't have an inch of, of, of a symptom mm. at all. I didn't cough. I didn't have a headache. I didn't, nothing. To me, life was going on as normal. Yeah. So I didn't understand. I don't want to lie. So in my head, I was just like, oh, maybe it's God, you know, but let me just ride through the COVID season mm. because um, after I found out I had COVID, um, she said I need to wait for 14 days just so mm. it clears and then retest again to see if it's still positive. Before going to the Before operating table. Before to, going to, to the table, yes, yes. because okay. they wouldn't allow me to get in with a COVID positive test result. Yeah. So that's what happened. I waited for 14 days and I remember it's, it wasn't even 14 days, it was probably more than 14 days, like 16, 17 days. Mm. And I was, the only thing in my head that was worrying me was my next cycle is coming. So that means I'm going to go through that thing again, you yes, know? Yes. So that was the only thing that was stressing me about the COVID. Um, but apart from that, I then did another one after the 17 days, um, just to confirm if the COVID was still there or not. So I can give a go ahead to go and get the surgery. Did the second one, came back positive. Again. again. Wow. So you had to wait and isolate again. Again. Yeah. I had to wait and isolate. And this time she was like, okay, maybe like ride it through 10 days or so. Yes. And see what happens. Because, you know, it probably is the fact that you probably have, don't have the COVID, but it's still in your system. So every mm. time they test, they can still see it. So I was like, okay, it's fine. I waited for 10 days. And after 10 days, I did my third one still came back positive. So you tested positive three times in a row? Three times in a row. Wow. I remember the third time I, my, my dad was like, I think maybe we need to fumigate the house. You yes. know, maybe something. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we did. We fumigated everything in the house. Um, literally everything in yes. the house. And after that, then after I think, 10 days again, so that means these, these, this was, yeah, this is an, after 10 days again, that's when I did my, my fourth one, and my fourth one was negative.
Okay, so now you're negative and the doctor says we can go ahead. Yes. And then um, it's time to go to the operating table. What happens next? I go to the hospital um, and I, I check myself in and... They, she basically explained that it's not much of a big surgery. Most people do recover, not really recover, but they do go home mm. after like a day or two, depending on yes. how you, you respond to it. But she did say the, the recovery would take long mm. when I'm at home, not plus minus a month. So I was ready for that. And I, that was the main reason why I wanted to do it in Jan, mm. because at least I would have time to stay at home and not do much at that particular period. So I, I was ready for that. So I go and I get admitted and I remember her. I the before I went to to the to the table, mm. before that time I had periods. Mm. I was on my period. So it was like maybe a day after having my period. So I had to explain to her, Gonje, I had a period. Like is mm. it okay for you to operate on me? Because like I was on my period, like yes. I just finished my period yesterday, but I couldn't. So I saw her when I was um, about to get into the operating room and I explained that to her and she said, no, it's not, it's not going to be much of a problem. And I was like, okay, it's fine. And she calmed me down, explained what would happen, um, what the procedure is. I had time to research on the procedure. Yeah. It, was called a, it's, it was called a myomectomy. Yes. And um, I did ask questions with regards to why I'm doing a myomectomy because um, there's a, there's also an option of doing a laparoscopy mm. where they do that with the yeah they 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 don't cut you open completely mm. they cut small holes in your stomach and then they put in the utensils to yes. just take it out basically yes. so she said the, the the fibroid was quite big it was big so yes. they had to just cut it so I have a I have a um, a scar. A, 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 very, a very huge scar, like mm. I gave birth, basically. Yes. Yeah. So um, after walking me through it and gone, yeah, that's it. So you did the procedure, and how was that um, first recovery? After doing the procedure, um, I remember waking up. I don't really remember much of the particular day, but I do remember instances of what happened. I also remember some of the things that happened because uh, the nurses, after when I was becoming, when I was getting better, the nurses were like, you're you. You know, they told mm. me stories of what happened and how it happened and I could then remember. Mm. So what had happened was, on that particular day, I came back from um, theatre and I was in pain. And I was in excruciating pain. It didn't make sense for me to be in that kind of pain. Yes. So the nurses tried giving me medicine, like, and, and just injections, just to make sure the pain is better, and called my doctor. When they called my doctor, she came and they did tests. When they did tests, the tests, all the tests were just bad, bad mm. as in like my CRP was high. I'm so sorry to use the word CRP. And what but is they CRP? Check, they checking the, so like an infection rate yes. inside your body. It was very high. It's not supposed to probably be more than five. It was like a hundred and something. Yes. Uh, my, my blood levels were really high. Uh, 
were really low. I'm so sorry. It was very low. Maybe that's why I was I was getting the pain. And I ended up having to get a number of uh, blood transfusions in order for me to be fine. I think plus minus four or five of them. It was quite bad. So what did they what did they realize had happened? Is it that you had suffered severe blood loss and it had an infection? Yes, yeah. but. The blood loss was not the only thing, and yes. the infection was not the only thing. It's just those were just indicators of what is pretty much going on in your body. Yes. That's wrong. It may mean <laughs> a lot of things, mm. but it, at least it leads you to the right thing. So what happened was after they gave me painkillers, I went to radiology to the department to go do uh, an ultrasound. When I got there, I did the ultrasound, came back, and no one told me anything on that particular mm. day. Uh, no one told me anything. They didn't really mention much. Uh, and then I rea- and then at the, like just maybe before eight in the evening, uh, my doctor comes and she has scrubs on and she's like, we need to go to surgery again. And I'm yes. like, why? And she said, it's because you're bleeding internally. Yes. And that's what the ultrasound um, showed. showed. Yeah. yeah. And then <clears> that's <throat> when I went to my second, second when I visited uh, theatre for the second time. So you go in... They uh, uh, open you up again to deal with internal bleeding. Yes. And what is the next thing that you encounter? Uh, After the internal bleeding, I came back um, and tried to recover. Uh, It wasn't, it was was quite a lot. After the, the, the surgery, I was then taken to ICU. Uh, immediately, and I could have stayed in ICU for plus minus three weeks to a month. Mm. I'm in ICU. Uh, And what is the reason that you were in ICU for so long if the internal bleeding was should have been resolved uh, um, the second time you went to theater? Uh, it was because the second time I I got I had the surgery, I was already not in a good shape yes. already. So initially it was just for them to monitor me because in, in, in ICU they really, they really, really, really monitor. Yes. Um, so initially it was for that. But as time went, some other things then pretty much developed. Mm. Like um, I had a... It's called a pleural effusion. Mm. That's when you have water in your lungs. Mm. Um, and my my radiology friend mentioned sometimes when you your body is in so much pain, the first thing that reacts in your body is your lungs. Yeah. So that's why that was there. So my gynae just realized as time went, when I was still in ICU, when they were still trying to make sure the blood goes up, the infection goes down and things like that, yes. to see what is going on. And, I, and she realized I couldn't really breathe well. And at this time, I was immobile. I was, I couldn't do anything for myself. Let me mm. put it like that. I couldn't even lift a cup for myself. Mm. Like speaking was a chore, basically. Mm. So um, that's how she realized uh, I had a pleural effusion because the breathing was a bit of a problem. And every time when she comes, they give her a report of what's happening. Mm. Um, so the pleural effusion was just a procedure that was done in ICU. Yeah. I didn't have to go to theater for it. Someone came and they they cut me on my side, on the side of the mm. thing. They put in a drain thingy. I'm sleeping at this time and they drain the water out into a bag mm. and then they take the bag and they go and test it basically to see what what is it, if there's any deformities, if there's something they need to worry mm. about or not. Yeah. So was that your your third procedure now? It was a third procedure, yes. So what happened? And and actually your, your third procedure happened after, um, how many days after your first surgery? Hmm. It could have been a week. 
okay. or two weeks. So about a week or two. Yeah, because I do remember I stayed in ICU for a month, plus minus. Yes, three yes. weeks to four weeks, basically. Yes, yes. So it was in between. Yes. And then, um, so after that, after the pleural effusion, I stayed a bit uh, just for them to monitor me. Mm. And then I went back to the normal ward. Um, and at this time, I was very happy because I wasn't thinking I was going to be there for quite yes. some time. So I was very happy. I'm thinking I'm going home. Like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden it's done. Yes. I, I stayed in the normal ward for two days, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah two days and on the third day on a normal day I don't even remember this I'm being ex- like people are explaining it to me mm. on the third day I got a seizure bad seizure and my blood pressure was like 200 and something mm. so it took me back to ICU and when Goodness. I woke up I was in ICU and I, that was a bummer because I was like I was almost going home yes, and you know yes. when I'm in ICU I can't go I can't just go home. I yes. still need to go to the process of going to a normal ward for them to see if I'm fine. Yeah. So it was sort of like, oh my gosh, you're going back. Like, yeah. progress, no progress. What's going on? Yeah. So after now the third procedure, mm-hmm. you're back in ICU. What is the next procedure that you had to go through? I then went out of ICU mm. again, stayed for a bit of time and went home. When I went home, I stayed at home for a day. Yes. Mm. I stayed at home for a day, very excited. And when I was at home um, the next day, I had issues with my breathing. Mm. Uh, my my heart would just pump, like pump, like I'm dying. Yes. And I was like, okay, I told my sister, I was living with my younger sister at that time. She's the one that played a huge role in making mm. sure I was okay. Uh, so she, I told her, I'm like, please take me to the hospital. Let's yes. just go back again. We go back to the hospital, same hospital um, in uh, Glen Austin, and we, they, they check me. When they check me, they're like, ah, in casualty, they're like, everything looks fine. Like, you look fine. Your mm. blood's okay. Everything is fine. So why are you feeling like this? I remember the doctor even saying, you're probably panicking because you had a very bad experience. Yes, yes. And in my head, it wasn't, I hadn't really understood the kind of, ex- the, 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 the intensity of the experience I'd had. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe that's it. So I asked him before I left and I'm like, can I please, can you please call the, the physician that I, that was mm. treating me here, yes. just to tell him I'm here <laughs> and my chest is just giving me issues yes. and he did he called him and there's something called um a clot yes so a clot is when you 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 your blood in your veins just clots yes. so there isn't proper i don't know pathway movement, movement yes. to yes so it then causes certain symptoms mm. so the reason why um a clot can happen could be because maybe you're on birth control or most of the times, maybe on a flight for a very long time, mm. you weren't immobile. And also when you've had surgery. Mm. So when you've had surgery, you are immobile for a very long time. I remember mm. in ICU, I couldn't, I think I was immobile for like plus minus two weeks. I only started, I couldn't even walk. Yes. I, yes. I started probably being able to walk maybe on the third week. And if a, a physiotherapist had to, you know, walk you through it. Sometimes you can't even go. I couldn't even come from here to, to where yeah. you are, you know. So is it the physician who then realized that yeah. you have a blood clot and the he, clot was where? In your lungs? Yes. Wow. So he told the the residing doctor yes. at casualty to just do... It's a test called a D-dimer, mm. to do a D-dimer again. It was quite weird because before I left, we did a D-dimer, yeah. and the D-dimer was negative. Mm. So 
it was quite, we, we, we did, honestly didn't understand how it came to being positive in a day, mm. basically. So, but he checked the D-dama and he saw the D-dama was high, so I couldn't go home. Mm. Um, I stayed in hospital. And then the next day I went to go do a CT scan. Mm. And a CT scan is where they then confirm, okay, you have a clot. So I had yeah. clots in my lungs, both lungs. Uh, yeah. Yeah, clots in both lungs, basically. And what, what were the doctors able to do about it? Do they give you some blood thinning they medication do. to get rid of the clots? Yes, they do. Yes. They, they, what happened is they, they started me on a medication called warfarin. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a choice, but they do explain the, the pros and cons of each one. Mm. So um, I ended up taking warfarin. And when I started with warfarin, because it's a blood thinner, that's when more complications started mm. because now I was taking a blood thinner and I had been on surge. I, I had a surgery, a surgical wound yes. that then started bleeding because now I was on blood thinners. Yes, yeah. Yes. So um, when I was in hospital in my stay, that's that's the the problem I encountered basically after yes. that. I started taking warfarin and all of a sudden I think maybe. I had started, maybe that was the second day of, of taking warfarin. On the second day, I woke up, I went to the bathroom. When I'm in the bathroom, like blood just comes out of my legs. Yes. And I was like, I don't understand what's going on. At that time, I didn't even understand what blood thinning was. I, honestly, yes. everything was new to me. I didn't know what a pulmonary embolism was. Yes. I didn't know what a clot meant, if it yes. was bad or good. I didn't know any warfarin. I had to call to ask, what is he talking about? Warfarin, like, is it a good thing? Should I take that? Yes. What What are the implications? Because I remember he said, sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, no, go ahead. You I said, remember he said, he said, you're not supposed to eat things that have vitamin K. Yes. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, okay, so it's, it's explained spinach. You know, yes. um, you're not supposed to drink alcohol. Yes, <laughs> You're yes. not supposed to... So many things, there were so many things I couldn't do because I was on a blood thinner. So I didn't understand why, why. What... So, so how did they then address the bleeding that was happening from your wound? After I had, um, as he was explaining that, that was when I was starting, so I can give permission for me to use warfarin. Yes. So after the two days, I started bleeding. And then after bleeding, um, he came in and he asked a surgeon to, mm-hmm. to come and see me. So a surgeon came and saw me. I went to go do a an ultrasound mm-hmm. again. And that's when they realized I, it was sort of like, clots in the womb mm. on the my on my womb there were blood clots basically yes. they call it hemorrhage i think yes um and i had to go f- to surgery again for it so my so that was for them to remove them that was for them to remove them yes yeah. yes and to make sure i'm fine so i went to theater again so what's the next thing that happened because now that was on like procedure number five Yes. The yes. next thing that happened, I came back. The surgeon said he wasn't going to close my womb because there's a there's a process of um, having a draining system. So it's it. like some type of wound therapy. Yes. That it heals That's on its own. That's a good word. Yes. The only yeah. reason I know is because I went through something similar. Oh, okay. Yes. So they okay, don't okay, close your sense. wound. It has yes. to close by itself. By itself, yeah. Yes. So he put me on that thing yes. that was supposed to close by itself. And I stayed on that thing. I remember I, I, I'm not so sure what happened, but I wasn't coping. I went back to ICU yes. again. And I stayed in ICU. When I was in ICU, that thing, on, an, on some particular day, that thing just 
burst. Like I started bleeding everywhere, wow. like on my womb. Like it just started, it was just a mess. And yeah. the next day I went to surgery again. So what was the reason you went to surgery again? Was it uh, some type of infection or something that it had happened? It was because the, the, the draining system was not doing its job. Oh, and this thing has to be closed. But when it gets closed, it might close with the, with the clots that yes. have already been removed initially. Yes, basically. yes, yes. So that's why I went to surgery. So the surgery was to clean the womb. Yes. And to close it off. Yes. Basically. Yes. Now, instead of having this thing close it off. Yes. So I went to surgery again. Um, they cleaned the womb and they closed it off. Yes. So when they closed it off, I was very excited because I'm like, okay, this, this is almost it yeah, yes. you know, I'm I'm going home, basically. And I went home. Yeah, I went home and because I was starting with the Wafferin story, Wafferin needed me to go and check every, like they give you a timetable of how often you need to check your INR. Mm. And INR is, it checks how, how your clotting effect, basically, mm. if the Wafferin is working or not. So... At the beginning, I would go there. I would go to the hospital and take bloods, maybe plus minus three, four times a week. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to have a nearby hospital that I would go to every single time. So that particular day, after leaving the hospital, I had to go check for the INR mm. the next day. So I went to go check for the INR the next day, and but when I left home, my because it, it's my wound, it had a a bandage. A mm -hmm. band-aid, kind mm -hmm. of. So, but I see, man, there's, there's things, it's like it's a pus or something. So it's leaking. Like it's leaking. Yes. But I wasn't sure. So I'm like, you know what, because I'm going to the hospital, yes, I'm not going to casualty, but because I'm going to the hospital anyway, let me just go check. And this was a different hospital. Then decided to, to refer me to casualty mm -hmm. just so they could check the wound. Because, yes. yes, I came there for the blood tests, but they'd rather yes. just check the wound. So I went to casualty uh, and when I got there, they checked and they were like, but you just had surgery. Why are you coming to this hospital? Yes. There's a hospital in Waterfall. So why are you coming to the hosp this hospital? So I was like, it's because I, I came for an INR yes. and I could do it anyway. So I just decided, let me come check it here. And they said, okay. The good thing about it was my surgeon was in both hospitals, mm. but he was in the Waterfall and Glen Austin, same one. Mm. So that's why they they said it's fine for me to be there. So I was there, they checked and they're like, sepsis, you have sepsis, your wound is having this pus coming out and if we don't attend to it on time, it might go to the whole body and be very yeah. toxic. So we'd rather just put in the draining thing again, the, the, the same draining yes. thing that didn't work. And I said, it's fine, it's okay. But before I got into the hospital, what had I had to take a COVID test again. Yes. I took a COVID test, it was positive. Wow. <laughs> so uh, it, it was quite a lot. I remember that particular period, it was quite a lot because the day before I was in a hospital. Yeah. So I'm thinking, how did I get COVID? How yes. am I having COVID at this point? And uh, yeah, I assume maybe also the nurses, this is, it's also very important for you to be in a hospital and also keep your mask on, even if it's a COVID-free place. So I was in a COVID ward for 15 days in the hospital. I stayed there, the thing was draining, it yes. drained and drained and drained. Um, and in the process of it draining, I also had issues with constipation and it was quite bad. So that was what was making me stay in the hospital for quite a long time, mm. not the COVID. After that, I went home. When I went home, things got better and I'm like, okay, there's light. This mm. is going to be a good thing, you know? And then I went home for like a week or two weeks. 
Yes, if not mistaken, a week or two weeks. And then I had to go back to hospital again. I went back to hospital again because I was experiencing pain in my stomach. Mm. And and not your u- uterus, your actual digestive stomach. I didn't stomach. even know what the difference was. Yes, I yes. didn't even know what the difference was. I don't want to lie. But I realized I wasn't really going to the toilet as much. Yes. So that was also because I was taking painkillers. And the yes. painkillers increase constipation, basically. So I had to take um, the pills with a... A stool softener, basically, yes. but it still wasn't working. So I went to the hospital. the The doctor checked me, and he said, "No, you're not going to go home. You have a partial obstruction." Wow! And I, I was just like, "I'm tired of being in a hospital," you know. Yes. And um, and the partial obst- obstruction was in your digestive system. Yes. And that's why you were struggling. To yes, go it to was the in toilet. my colon. Yes. yes. So yes. my colon was full, filled with. Dirt, yes. basically, and um, at least I could still go. I, I could still pass any whatever needs yes. to be passed, but it wasn't as eff- effective, yes. and it was blocking everything. So had I not gone there, probably it would have been a full obstruction, which is yes. a, a huge problem. So I stayed there, um, and I, I think I stayed there for like a week mm. or so, and the intention was for me to go to surgery, mm. basically, if it wasn't working. So they gave me enemas, they gave me a whole lot of things, and it ended up working, which was a good thing, and then I went home after that. And then when I went home, I think I could have been there for like, I don't know, a week or so. Yes. And then I went back again to the and hospital. And what was the reason you were going My back stomach this? was painful. So yeah. the problem was I wasn't, the stomach is painful. I'm not so sure what it is. Mm. I don't know what the problem is. But the symptoms also come with maybe um, dizziness or vomiting mm. um, or nausea. I had a lot of nausea. I still do have mm. a lot of nausea. So the problem was now I can't cope because I can't eat. I can't, mm. there's nothing I can do. Mm. So I went back to the guy and I said, I'm not so sure what's going on. Please just check me. And she checked me. That was in July. This whole thing started in Jan. That was in July. She checked me and she said, I don't see the problem. I don't know what the problem is. I mm. do see a cyst on your ovary, but I saw it. And it's not supposed to be giving you this much pain. Yes. And then she referred me to a surgeon. The surgeon said, maybe let's just check your stomach and see mm. on a CT scan. The CT scan wasn't really showing much apart from something called, uh, it assumed something called colitis. Mm. Colitis is a is inflammation on your colon, basically. So that could have been what was causing the problem. That's mm. what they thought. And then I had to go to a, um, I, the, the last surgery I had was for them to inquire, basically just to see what's going on mm. because the pain was just too much. And then after the surgery, the the surgeon came out and he told me you had a whole lot of adhesions. Mm. So basically, my body parts were just stuck in one place, like the, stuck together from stuck the scar together. tissue exactly. and the operation. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a lot that could have been the what was causing it. My ovary had was had hemorrhage, mm. um, so they removed um, blood out of it. My what else? The last thing, the pus that I had initially that was mm. drained by the the wound. Yes. Um, It wasn't completely out. Mm. So they had to clean that as well, including the colon that was giving me an issue. Mm. So they basically cleaned out so many other things, which then made my life a bit better, way, way better. Um, And that was the last surgery I had. Yeah. So in total, you had about seven procedures. And this was over the period of how long? Of five months, four, five months. Yeah. Four, five months being in yeah. and out of hospital, in ICU, in casualty emergency yes. room. And 
did now the problems eventually resolve themselves? The problems did not entirely mm. resolve themselves. Although now I don't have as much of a heavy flow. Mm. I don't. And I recently went to the gynae and she did say, she, she, I changed my gynae, but the, the, the recent one, she did say uh, if I've had a, either a, a surgery mm. or just in general, my, my, my um, fibroids would still come back. Mm. So when I went, she was like, it's coming back. Yeah. It's coming back. So it was a bit of a, a bummer for me because it's it's literally just been a year. And yes. I, I assumed probably it wouldn't be back until, I don't know, like maybe for two, three years. Um, yes. I mean, leeway is, you know. Yes. Um, but the surgery itself, I think because I've been through so many surgeries, continues to bring me a lot of um, complications yes. when it comes to my womb, when it comes to many other things that, have a lot to do with my stomach, my digestive system, yes. and my uh, reproductive system. So where are you today in terms of your health? I am not there yet. Mm. <laughs> I'm not there yet, uh, but I am, I am getting there. There mm. are quite a number of things that I, I stopped doing simply because I couldn't do them, mm. but I'm trying to get back to actually doing them a lot. Things like mm. I couldn't drive. Um, I had I had a whole lot of issues with driving. Um, my sister would do almost everything. Mm. Now I do drive. I would, I couldn't sit down and speak to you for this long. Yes, yes. <laughs> at all. Uh, because of the discomfort and pain. Yes, and the breathing. Yes. Yeah, issues. Yes. So I would just speak like for a couple of minutes and just be fine. So I would always be at home in most mm. cases. So recently, basically this year, I started, I can't exercise mm. as well. That's another thing. So sometimes I feel like, oh, I'm gaining weight, but what can I do? Because when I exercise, it's just like, I feel like dying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, this year has been a resolution of just trying, even if it's not exercising, but just walking around. The, the, the pain tolerance is high, I mm. assume, because of the things I've been through, but I still do get a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, what do you take from this whole experience? Um, you know, a lot of people that go through heavy me uh, medical challenges, traumas to the body, have a lesson that they take out of it. Was there a lesson for you? There were a lot of them. <laughs> there were a whole lot of them. And I'm saying that because it, it was really a journey, mm -hmm. a huge, a very emotional journey. I mean, from... I had a bit of an instance, a very bad one that I will never forget. I was in the hospital. I came there, I think the third or fourth surgery. I, I felt okay. And mm. I came there with my laptop. And when I'm there I'm with my laptop, I go to surgery. They say, oh, we're going to keep your bag here. I come out and I was like, can I get my laptop? Laptop stolen. They don't wow. know where it is. Cameras, where is it? To this day, I still don't have my laptop. Mm. And... Let me just say the financial part of it was a bit of a lot. Mm. Um, sometimes I probably also think some things would have been handled better. Um, I'm not going to say negligence, but now because I had to be very smart about everything mm. I do when I go to my, my, my gynae, I ask her things I already know. So mm. if she tells me things that don't make sense, I question it. Mm. Um, my physician as well. Uh, if she tells me things that don't make, if he tells me things that, that don't make sense, I question mm. and I ask. So I think it, it made me very, very, very meticulous in, in, in terms of detail, especially when it comes to my body. Whatever I take, I need to understand why I'm taking mm. it. Whatever surgery. Other people ask me, why didn't you have embolism? 
um, instead of going for a surgery. And unfortunately, at that time, I didn't know because the option wasn't given. We need to explain to the viewers what embolism is, which is basically little beads, tiny little beads being dropped through um, your blood vessel, basically. And it's killing the fibroid from the outside. So it's not a surgical procedure where they cut you open. Yes. But that in itself carries its own risks, which is that, you know, one of them is that they could, your ovary itself could die. Yes. Because they go in sort of blind. A lot. Yes. Yes, yes, a lot. But my my desire would have been to have someone say, these are the options, which one do you choose? Not for you to say, this is the option that I, you know, exactly. Um, And, um, I think my dad always says, um, he always, because we all went through the journey together. Yes, mm. it was I was the one that was sick, but my sister had her own journey issues. Mm. My dad also had his own issues. So he keeps, at this point, he keeps saying, you need to have a second opinion. You need to have a second opinion, mm. you know. So I try to do that, um, but it does not always work. Mm. Do you at, at all place any blame on the hospitals or the doctors for the infections that you got? Some of them, yes. Mm. And I'm saying some of them, yes, because after going through all of it, I at least I have a I have an app from the blood people mm-hmm. where the, the people that the company that takes in the blood. Mm. So some other day I was sitting down and I was going through all the records of mm. what actually happened from both of them. And I looked at other things and I'm like, but I didn't have to have a clock because I'm thinking in my head mm. at that time my blood wasn't this D-dimer is not making sense already how did you not see this mm. you know I didn't even start on Clexane Clexane is also a blood thinner mm. um but maybe had I done that, maybe it could have been like this. But I don't want to always think about that because at the end of the day, things are done. I think I just take the the lesson of having it not to happen again mm. because um, that's the greatest risk. I think that's the greatest panic, having to stay for six months, have the clot being removed, but still have the symptoms and then yeah. finding out it's there again. And when it's there again, I have to take the warfarin for life. Yes, you yes. know. So I think also the... The anxiety and the mental mm. part of things is still lagging, but I, I it's a work in progress. It's, mm. it's definitely a work in progress, yeah. I think you've been through a lot and maybe how you speak doesn't adequately articulate the amount of trauma that you've gone through yeah. because <laughs> it isn't just what's happened to you physically. Yes. It's also the toll it takes on you emotionally and mentally. Um, and for the fact that you still have to be worried about fibroids, those growths on your uterus, yes. um, and have to possibly deal with them again after all you have been through. (laughs) Uh, I really appreciate you coming to share your story and just to share the different complications that you're dealing with. And I wish you a continued healing journey and speedy recovery. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you. Hashtag unpacked with Rilebukhile. Fibroids in themselves are already just a medical issue that many women deal with and aren't treated that well. Now to have a removal that has so many complications, it is quite a difficult situation. So to all of you women that have been through this, I'm sure you can relate. I'm so, so sorry for what you've been through. I hope you take the time to acknowledge the emotional and psychological toll it also takes on you. But I also wish you all healing. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a good night. Next time on Unpacked, your friend had said you're going to put all your problems all your hurts, all your pains on that road and run it away, basically. Whatever your husband did, he's going to lie down this road and you're going to run 
over all those challenges. Mountains are symbolic to hardship. Mm. It's not about you. The mountain is there, and therefore you're not going to conquer it. You mm. conquer yourself. for watching Unpacked with Rilip Mamoja. Make sure you subscribe to my channel where you can get to watch more episodes. But more importantly, you can be part of our online community. Comment down below, share with us who you'd like to see on the show, what story you'd like us to discuss. We love engaging with you. Keep it coming and don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>